0: We all want to avoid cognitive decline, but so far there aren't many concrete suggestions on how to make that happen. Most of us will make lifestyle adaptions and hope for the best. But what if there were another tool we could use? We all know the cognitive benefits of sunlight. What if we could recreate those benefits for our indoor hours? What if you could fill your room with light that promotes brain health? Would you use such a product that enhances your daily routine, promotes wellness in a safe and non-invasive way? There is such a system. Backed by science, you can have lights delivered to you that mimic the brain's healthy gamma rhythm, and it helps improve mental acuity, memory, and attention. Are you interested? Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Family History Film. Visit myfamilyhistoryfilm.com to find out how they can preserve your family memories in a fascinating documentary film. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those caring for a loved one with memory loss. With me today is Terry Moore. He has a wife who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2016. He also helped develop a product called Homolux. Thanks for connecting with me, Terry. Uh,
1: Thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate your interest and I'm happy to be able to chat.
0: Thank you. So your wife was diagnosed in 2016. How long have you guys been together?
1: Well, uh, that's also uh, a good story uh, because I married my college sweetheart after a pause of 31 years. (laughs) We got back together uh, in 2002. Uh, we were married and I moved uh, to New York. Uh, I, I, I need to, to partially introduce my wife by saying that she was one of the smartest people that I have ever met, truly a genius.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and she left a mark on uh, every place she uh, worked, including uh, the banking world and the world of consumer products. She invented things you could now get degrees in. I mean, She was that, that kind of smart. And we got back together uh, in 2002 after a long pause uh, and lived very happily together uh, in New York City until about 2015 where things got to be a bit strange. And then lo and behold, in 2016, she received the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. And I think her story pretty much follows a curve of people who who are very bright, or as it has been explained to me, because people who have, who have high degree of intelligence develop various means for coping with the de- deficits that they develop in the course of the disease. And then at some point, they run out of what's called cognitive capacity. And then it's a fast decline. That was pretty much her story. And in 2016, we received this diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, which was like being hit by a freight train. Just devastating. And I I think I did the typical thing, which was to throw myself into the research to see what was out there. And there wasn't anything out there. There was no cure. Mm There was nothing on the horizon that represented itself as a cure. Lots of studies, lots of research. Uh, but my goodness, the last drug that had been approved for Alzheimer's had been approved a decade before.
0: Yeah, I think it was like 2005. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, that's... So the
1: world was just incredibly bleak. But I, I, I've always had a, a fondness for science, something like science wonk. So I turned to science to see what was out there and who was doing what. And I discovered this research that was being done at MIT with 40 Hertz light. And what they did was they took a a light that flashed at one of the natural brain frequencies, a frequency called gamma or 40 Hertz, 40 flashes a second. And they uh, used that light uh and exposed uh, in their experiments a population of white mice that had been bred to have high levels of amyloid plaque in their brains to this flashing light and lo and behold in a very short time they had half as much plaque in their brain and they Hmm. began to have better memory skills Uh, this this is real science this is published in nature Uh, and and i read that and i thought my goodness Here's something that's not dangerous and is not invasive uh, and is not harmful and seems to offer a lot of hope. And and, and ultimately is is a natural frequency. So um, I I hired an engineer to build me one of these things and it came in the form of, of three hockey puck size LED lights that I stuck around my wife's television uh, and it turned it on, told her caregivers to just leave it on. And I went on a short business trip and I came back in about 10 days. Uh, And the senior caregiver said, oh, you know, I think Lynn's a lot better than when you left. And I talked to her doctor who said, well, you know, th- these things are are cyclical. They, they have highs and lows, but she's on an uptick now. I think she's really better than when you left. So uh, I told her doctor and I told the caregivers and I told people I know in various other communities what I had done. And, and they all had the same response and in pretty much the same words. And the words were, can you get me one? <laughs> so uh, uh, I figured destiny had had called me to create a consumer level product that offers hope that's not harmful, that's not invasive and and has been demonstrated to be of help to brother mammals uh, <laughs> and, and and there isn't anything else out there. So that's how, I, that's how I got into this business. That's how I created this product.
0: That's a lot more complicated than searching for answers and deciding to start a podcast. <laughs>
1: well, uh, but my goodness, here's a podcast and you've got listeners and think of how many people that you're affecting and
0: can help. That's That was the goal. So I, it's been four years, five years since you started noticing cognitive impairment. How is she doing today? Hmm.
1: She is, and I, I use this phrase a lot because it's been used on me, she is remarkably stable. Uh, and and uh, the story I, I like to tell is last summer when her doctor visited, uh, as he does regularly, and I said to him, you know, two years ago, I asked you how long you thought she would live. And you said two years. And she's been remarkably stable for the last two years. And it's now going on three years. And he said, yes, she's been remarkably stable. And I said, I credit the Gamalites. And he said, I can't disagree. (laughs) And then he said, can I have your business card?
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: So yes, Lynn is remarkably stable.
0: Well, that's a good thing because if they don't decline, rapid well my mom's decline was very very slow it was slow and steady and we'd hit bumps where we'd decline you know there'd be like an overnight oh my goodness we have a new normal and then she'd plateau for a long time and and that's just how it was like stair-stepping down to the end and if you can essentially put off the worst of the disease long enough Perhaps they die more of more natural causes, like just getting old, which is preferable to dying from Alzheimer's.
1: Yes, indeed it is.
0: So, what um, practical steps do you think families can take when their their loved one is either initially diagnosed or maybe still in the earlier stages?
1: Well, I think in in at all stages, uh, one of the things that I'm here to talk about it as being a benefit, uh, is is light therapy. We've known for a long time that day and night affects people's moods uh, and temperament. Uh, Seasonal affective disorder is a well-known phenomenon. But the presence uh, of of gamma frequency light, I I have come to think of as something like a vitamin.
0: Well, it's it's like, like, I know in the sunlight, because mm -hmm. 2020 has been a bit of a challenge. We moved, we talked about selling our quote unquote forever home and doing different things with our lives and our businesses to, um, sorry to say, prepare for the recession they were planning for in 2021. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And while we're, you know, so moving, we literally made a decision on Christmas and the house closed on January 25th. So January was rough and exciting but mom was also giving us a lot of challenges Mm -hmm. she'd fallen on december 30th and she just was getting really combative and then february was rough she fell and broke her leg on march 8th then we had the stay at home mandates i'm in california so we were one of the first areas to shut down and it was just it's been drama and my biggest saving grace is at the very least go outside and walk go out in the sunshine and walk and i do a lot better with going out on my bike uh-huh. so i know that sunlight is super important for mood because if i don't get out of the house i get really crabby <laughs> uh, uh
1: I, I i've heard that uh, elsewhere uh yes but, but but there are many practical steps that one, one can take and i think you've hit on a number of important ones uh, getting outside is important, and, and what's important about what you just said, uh, I think, is that it's part of a routine. Mm-hmm. It's not something that just happens. If you schedule these kinds of activities for yourself and for your loved ones, uh, I think it, it brings a, a, a coherence uh, and a consistency to life that everybody benefits from, particularly those who are challenged. So uh, a schedule is, is one of the most important things I think you can do. Um, and, um, I think I'm sure you've said this to everybody else, but the most important thing you could do is take care of yourself.
0: Just a little more challenging these days.
1: Of course it is um if you you are in southern california did you say
0: um no i'm in the san francisco bay area so we were i'm one of the seven counties in california that shut first we were shut down a week earlier than the rest of the state
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's yeah i'm in the northern california brentwood
1: <laughs> uh-huh. a beautiful part of the world I might um uh, yes Set- california caught on fairly early to what was happening
0: Yes, we actually think that the, there might've been one of the first deaths from the virus might've been in Santa Clara in February. So yeah, we've been dealing with this a little bit longer than some places.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, which brings me to another thing I like to uh, suggest to people, Um, is that part of the, the um, routine, should be to minimize the amount of stress for everyone. And one good way to minimize stress is to manage the amount of news you
0: get. No kidding. I've read a lot less news in the last two months than I have in a long time. Yeah,
1: I mean, a little news is, will keep you informed, uh, but there gets to be this, this vicious news that feeds on itself and can seem panicky and hopeless, and it's just news.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't know what's going on really well yet. This is April 28th. So, mm-hmm. you know, they just keep repeating the same things over and over and then they repeat them in a slightly different way. And then they think they might know this and then they might, and it's just like, just-, just... Uh, Yeah,
1: and then someone says something different and suddenly it's a big news item as if it was uh, absolutely true and certain, uh, but not tomorrow
0: right
1: so yes i, I suggest uh, small doses of news is better
0: even in a non-pandemic if we were having a normal 2020 which you know the, the before times as i like to call them we would be dealing with political election news flooding I think so really
1: i think you're really on to something here i really do
0: yeah i've i've taken to reading a lot less news in the morning and Amazingly, I actually get through a lot of my emails before breakfast is over, <laughs> instead of them stacking up for after lunch. So Maybe there's some positives. all positive. that news
1: interfering, trying mm-hmm. to get attention.
0: Exactly.
1: Good for you. You probably get to listen to a few good podcasts,
0: too. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've always worked from home, it's amazing that um, my podcast listening has gone down, and I thought about it, and it's like, well, it's because I'm not driving to the gym, which... I stopped doing that when we moved anyway, because we're 1.7 miles away. So I take my bike and then my husband's making dinner. So, excuse me, I don't listen to the, the dinner prep podcast. (laughs) So it's really interesting how, even though most of my life hasn't changed totally dramatically, certain parts of it have, it's really very interesting. And I've had a lot of people reach out and tell me that the, Upending of their loved ones schedules has caused a really big problem with they're noticing a lot of decline In people because their routines have been disrupted. They're the socializing they were having has been disrupted and it's right It's not a good thing
1: (laughs) Well, I I think your podcast is is a is a wonderful thing because the more people you can reach uh, The better it is Many of the people who who encountered this problem don't realize quite the dimensions of the disease not just personally but but one out of nine people over 65 will have a diagnosis it affects every family
0: yes it does i talked at our rotary club at the beginning of january and and i knew some of the people in the club that were about, about 100 people. And I knew the ones who were caring for a parent or had had a in, you know, loved one. And then when I asked how many of you are dealing with it or know somebody is dealing with it, it was almost the entire room. It was like, oh, yikes. I knew this was the answer, but when you see it visually, it was just, it, it kind of knocked me back a little bit. That, that,
1: that's why it's called a family disease. Yeah. It affects
0: everybody. in the
1: family. It affects everyone.
0: So, um... You have any ideas? What caregivers? We were talking a little bit about people's schedules. Being scheduled is good, and having a routine is good. But everybody's routines and schedules have gotten upended. <laughs> you have any yeah. ideas on how they can? How, I've 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 thrown well, out suggestions. Um, now I'm tossing it to you.
1: Well, uh, let me throw out some suggestions. Uh, I think one of the things that makes this difficult for people is that they're used to getting together with family and friends on particular occasions in large groups for particular dates, whether it's a birthday or a holiday or a Sunday dinner or Sunday for church or whatever. And We're not doing those things anymore. So instead of looking to a large group gathering, uh, I think one can move to many small gatherings or encounters and that people who are uh, not with us because they're with other relatives or maybe they're in a, a home of some kind, uh, they should get multiple in- interactions every day, whether it's, it's uh, a phone call or a video chat uh, or a message of some kind. And I think picture postcards are a great thing to do, particularly if you can print your own pictures with family members or holiday occasions. Uh, that's one thing you can do. Uh, I think m- more interaction is better uh, and keeps us all together. And rather than looking for or waiting for one of those usual occasions, to try to, to do something every day. This goes back to your point about the schedule. You know, schedule multiple times a day to interact with people who are, who are distant or removed or having difficulties. I think, I think that's very important. And plan family-like events. For example, one of the things I suggest is for people who can't be together, that they, they pick a movie they'll all watch and they all watch the same movie, on the same night. And then maybe they can talk about it, but it's a, it's just another way of sharing. And I think, I think those kinds of things are essential.
0: Those kind of tips are good too for, if you have um like one, one sibling that's taking care of a parent and other siblings are, out of state or, you know, at a distance away that they can't just, you know, easily come by every week. Like I have a friend here whose mom is in Florida, so that's obviously a trek. So she doesn't go monthly. That would be, well, now we can't go at all. So it's kind of a big challenge. So what kind of things do you do with Lynn?
1: Well, uh, when we could get out or now, what we we do is I think everything that we can in terms of stimulation uh art therapy music therapy um, when we could get out she could go to various uh, senior citizens groups Uh, of course we're not doing that anymore Um, but we are able to get some of these therapies delivered virtually and she enjoys that, that as well as uh, I've I've learned she likes nature programs on television. That seems to bring a smile to her face. Smiles wonderful.
0: Well, nature's always good. And Now we're you know into spring and summer. We've had a couple of pretty toasty days recently. Today, yesterday, so I think it's teasing us. But we'll yes. have a few. We'll have a few. Uh, Windy chillier days into May and then poof. It'll be hot for three or four months and that's fine That's normal. But it always likes to tease us with these upper 80s right here in April and Everybody's out there in their shorts and tank tops and then we're gonna have to throw on some jeans again soon.
1: Sounds like spring uh, Jennifer one, one of the things uh, I Think about and I, and I know you'll respond to this because I know you're very much about being positive and attitude Uh, and that is to to shift the thinking from here is someone I'm caring for to I'm going to do something that I enjoy and I'm going to include this person.
0: I actually did that a little bit with my mom. She was, um, she walked just fine until she broke Mm -hmm. her leg (laughs) and she was very, very verbal, even though towards the end, it was fragments of pieces of history so it sounded like a logical sentence but it made no sense well that was always interesting but we would go like a year ago we went walked in the. we have a regional park close by and the trails are not steep or rocky or it's it's a moderate walk you know, it's mm-hmm. not you know it's not challenging but because of her visual processing she would tippy toe around shadows and Visually, it looked dangerous to her. So we, we started then going to the local park and watching kids. I always like to tease people that we'd go watch the kids play or we'd go watch them swim. <laughs> we were isn't the old lady creepers.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: It was much more enjoyable to spend time with her that way than sitting in the memory care residence <laughs> where all the other residents thought I could solve all their problems. And I would try, but after a while, it's like, please go away. I'm I'm dealing with this one. I don't want to deal with all of you guys.
1: Well, well, and besides, you were able to go and do something rather mm-hmm. than just just being there and and uh, and caring. But but yes, it's it's that going and doing something. It and often it, it doesn't need to be exactly the right thing, but it's taking the the initiative to expend some energy and do something together.
0: And one of the things that I did and it would have been better earlier on in her diagnosis was I took her to the fabric store once she loved to. sew. when she was younger, she made all my daughter's Halloween costumes like from patterns and fabric, not as my daughter put it, not grubby clothes and, and craft supplies. It was actually sewn costumes wow. and It was, and I was basically there for myself, but I knew she would enjoy it and she would look at all the fabric and stuff. The last time we went, she kept picking everything up off the floor, which was freaking me out. Especially now when I look back, it's like, ugh. And somebody had pointed out that there's so much visually that it might've been overwhelming. And I'm like, oh yeah, it probably really was. So that's something that somebody can do. Because obviously it's hard to go to the regional park when it's cold and wet and raining, which we do get here in California. (laughs)
1: Well, that's that's the second visual issue that you mentioned with your mom.
0: Yeah, her visual Uh, processing was terrible.
1: I I find that very interesting. I mean, not not just because I'm in the light business, but I find that really an interesting feature of this disease.
0: She seemed to have the visual processing worse than many other of the residents that I dealt with or loved ones from people in my support group. Like I have a friend whose dad is 93. He has Louis body dementia, which is different, but he still reads, not, not novels. He has a Mother Teresa book that he likes to read. And I, I believe it's designed more for kids, which is fine, but he and he'll, but he reads it out loud. So my boyfriend, after a while, was like, Ugh, I'm done with this one. <laughs> you know, And it just keeps going and going. And she sent me a cute video where he was reading um, a to-go cup. They'd gone through a drive through. And he just kept reading what was on the bottom, which was like a guarantee since 19. And he just kept going around and around and around. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I watched a minute and a half of that, and I'm already wanting to strangle him. (laughs) So it's really fascinating because my mom passed away just past her 77th birthday. And her visual processing, I think, was pretty much crap for probably five years at least. Oh, really? There was one time we were outside a local coffee and tea shop. It's called Chill for those people who are near me. It's awesome, and we were sitting outside, and she looked over at the door and she read the sign that was on the door. It either said Welcome plus something else. I mean, it was very basic, but you know, it was in a kind of a script font, and you know, it wasn't like your typical red and white sign. I think it was a chalkboard sign. So I, when she read that, I was really surprised, but she had a really hard time interpreting what she was seeing. Especially when she was walking, that was crazy.
1: In terms of written language, too.
0: Yeah, she didn't read at all, um, which is too sad because she was a reader, you know, most of her life, all of her life until you know until the visual processing you know failed her. Um, and like I said, she would sew, she would paint, she did woodworking, she did all that crafty stuff. And mm-hmm. back in the fall of 2017, I tried to, all I did walk her through a really basic craft project to, um, I framed it and gave it to the grandkids because it was the first Christmas since my father had died and my mom was in the memory care. I'm like, mom would freak out if she knew she didn't have a gift for the grandkids. So I figured I'd help with that. Lord, that was a challenge. (laughs) It was very stressful because she was very afraid of doing it wrong. And she kept saying she needed her glasses. So I'd give her her readers. And then she'd say, no, I don't need those, which was maddening. And it took a while to learn that it wasn't her eyes. It was her brain. Now I have a little, little bonus trick. I have lazy eye. So my brain thinks I only, my brain thinks I see double. So it only processes the vision from one eye at a time and it switches. So I don't have depth perception, which is typical for people with Alzheimer's. So it was easier to understand what she was, not seen or how she was seen because i experienced it a little bit myself
1: so interesting
0: so i I'm a little it's like so, okay well this is really wacky vision that they can't fix with glasses or anything so at least it benefited me oh, in some respects
1: oh, well what a blessing it was to, to be able to have that kind of insight
0: it was it was Indeed. definitely okay oh, yeah, sometimes uh, i'll look across uh, the way and it'll be like you know it takes me a minute to like interpret what I'm seeing. Part of it, I need glasses to see far away. And then, you know, it's the depth perception that gets all screwed up and, and contrasty things. I was looking at a little tiny picture of the back of the West point cadets. So they've got the like blue gray jacket on with a, like a sash that goes diagonally. And the picture was tiny. And I kept thinking, are they in boxes? And it took me a second to realize that what I was looking at, were all the white sashes. And then once I realized, oh, it's the white sashes, then my brain could orient, oh, okay, that's the jack. I mean, if it had been a bigger picture, it would have been a lot easier. But it was. it was probably- that,
1: that was the way your brain put that together.
0: Yeah, it was weird. And even after I realized what I was looking at, I could still go back and look at it as all these little boxes. <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> so it was very beneficial.
1: Yes, that uh, that kind of optical illusion. You know, yeah, you, you can see it both ways. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. It's just it's just the way my brain is interpreting what the input in it is through my eyes. And
1: I, I'm I'm sure that gave you an amazing insight into how your mother was seeing
0: things. Yeah, it helped a lot. It it helped be a lot more patient and a lot more understanding because I understood what she was seeing at least partially so it's you know was definitely a little bit beneficial now is lynn still at home with you
1: yes she's still at home awesome uh and we and we have have caregivers with her all the time Uh, but she's still at home and she's able to get out or at least was able to get out when we could get out uh, and go for a short walk or a ride around the park in her wheelchair Uh, she always seemed to enjoy the fresh air and the sunshine
0: yeah, the see, now we're going to go back to the light. The light is restorative. So we were going to do this in two episodes, but we keep coming back to your your product. So maybe instead of this episode and a bonus one on the product, maybe we'll just combine the two of them. Does that sound okay? <coughs>
1: uh, I'll do whatever you like. Uh,
0: okay. I like do- to keep it easy. So, okay, so you said you were doing research for a cure, something to help, and came up.
1: I was Basically. just looking for hope. I was just looking for something that, that was hopeful, uh, and I found this amazing research about about light at this nat- natural brain frequency. I keep saying, uh, and and uh, again, I, I had an engineer build one and tried it at home, uh, and the response were, was was uh, very encouraging. The the reaction to 40 Hertz light is, is not the kind of thing that you suddenly say, oh, aha, I feel differently. But uh, our users, the, the ones who've had our products for five or six weeks, tend to report things like their, their mood is better, they sleep better, uh, there's generally a, a better attitude during the day. Uh, and I, I've now come to think that 40 Hertz light is, is like a vitamin. And I have it on my desk all the time, including at this very moment.
0: <laughs> uh, and I can confirm that there is not flashing lights on your face from this angle.
1: But, well, I mean, the, the flashing is pretty fast. You have to see it in, in person. Um, one of the things that we've tried really hard to do in terms of designing this product is to design a, a light product that will fit into one's lifestyle. Because there are experimental devices uh, uh, and other kinds of light sources that require putting on a helmet or a headband. (laughs) And and when I think about putting a headband or a helmet on an Alzheimer's sufferer, I just shudder. (laughs) So we tried to develop this product that would be seamless in terms of one's life. That could stand alone, or well, here I'll, I'll show you one. This.
0: So it's this, about the size of an iPhone and a half.
1: About an iPhone, a small size of a small stereo speaker. Uh, and it can it can be directly in line of sight or in one's peripheral vision. We recommend people use it at least an hour a day, but but more is not harmful. As I said, I have mine on all the time. And I have mine on all the time because I believe that 40 hertz light is, is uh, as I said, like a vitamin. It's like, it's, it's good for what.
0: So how did you come up with that specific? You said uh,
1: a... Because that's the, the the frequency of light that was being used in the laboratory at okay. MIT.
0: Okay.
1: And I simply thought, they're using 40 hertz. I'll try 40 hertz, uh, and that was uh, that was that was how that started. And it was really a, an experiment, but the results were so encouraging. Uh, it, in fact, uh, not long ago, one of the caregivers here said, and I quote: "I've been in this business 25 years, and I've never seen as much language recovery as I've seen here." So uh,
0: hugely beneficial.
1: I I then say uh, I credit the gamma light, uh, and he of course says I can't disagree. So the the data we have, and and it's all uh, anecdotal, uh, mostly from our users, is really very encouraging. People talk about better moods, about sleeping better, um, and it's, uh, it's. I hope. I hope it will be a lot of help to a lot of people. That's, that's why we developed it.
0: Do you think it would be best, well, you're using it on yourself and I'm assuming you don't have signs of Alzheimer's or cognitive impairment?
1: Uh, not, not as far as I know, but <laughs> if I did, if I, if I felt I had cognitive impairment or was in an early stage of, of cognitive difficulty, the first thing I do is get myself like amyloid
0: because i talked to a researcher what is today tuesday must have been last week <laughs> all of this sheltering in place is screwing up my figuring out what day of the week it is because everything is the same and they he found that trying to clear the amyloid plaques and tau and stuff out of the brain it's already killed off the the neural pathways and so he's approaching it from i think it's leptin it's a protein that they're finding their their um people in the early stages or even like really super early before you may even know you might have a clue that something's going on but you might not know what and they're they find that they're that that it's a natural occurring protein in your body it's it's low
1: yeah.
0: i think that's it start with an l you I'm not. I'm not a science nerd like <laughs> right, you.
1: Right. You're talking about lysine. I
0: thought you. Know, I thought it was leptin. Oh, all
1: right. Well, to... <laughs> I obviously don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to list. Well, I still have to edit that one. So I'm thinking, in the if you increase that protein and use the light, maybe that's our cure that we're looking for.
1: Well, uh, I'd certainly like to think at some point there will be a cure.
0: The Alzheimer's Association is working hard for it. There are a lot of people
1: uh, working very hard, uh, spending a lot of time and energy and resources trying to find uh, an answer to this terrible disease that, that's got 47 million sufferers worldwide.
0: And it's growing. The, it's, the,
1: it's the sixth cause of leading cause of death. And this it, And it affects every family.
0: You want to know what leading cause of death it is in California? It bounces between number two what? and number three. What is that? The the In California, Alzheimer's is either the second leading cause oh, really? of death or the third. It bounces around. Right now, COVID is worse, but that My won't last. Goodness.
1: My goodness. I didn't realize that Alzheimer's had that kind of place in California. My goodness. Yeah, I
0: don't know why, because New York's got more people, doesn't it? No, we're the most populous state, so that's probably part of it.
1: Well, that may not explain it but that's a, that's certainly part of the answer I suspect well i I, I uh, hope that one day there'll be a, there'll be a lot of uh, gamma frequency lights <laughs> in Southern California uh, although truly I expect one day 40 Hertz light to be everywhere because it's it's um, it's it's like a nutrition
0: I can see that I can see it in office buildings in schools just uh-huh. to it can't, if it can't hurt, then it's, why not?
1: Right. And, and um, uh, ag- again, the, uh, the results that we've seen from our users at our little database have been very encouraging and the re- results have been very encouraging here at home. And that was of course my primary reason for getting into this. Uh, and I'm, I'm pleased to say my wife's condition is remarkably stable much to everybody's surprise, remarkably.
0: And now because she was so highly intelligent, I'm gonna go back that way a little bit. I've, I've read and heard that people like your wife that are really just smarter than most of us, mm-hmm. they they have the disease a lot longer than we're aware of. Is that why the decline seems so rapid once they're well diagnosed? It,
1: um, I think it, it's because they can develop so many ways to compensate for the deficits that occur in the, in the course of the diseases' development uh, that they they they're able to cope in many ways until at some point they run out of uh, what's called cognitive capacity uh, and then it's a very rapid decline that I, that's been described to me as typical and that would and that would be my wife's case too
0: because see my mom's journey was about twenty years
1: oh that's that's a long journey no kidding (laughs) that's a long journey
0: and i kept telling everybody i'm ready for the journey to be over and when it was over i was a little surprised i don't know if it's now that you know both my parents are gone i don't know if it's losing a mom i don't know if it was because you know everything so far in 2020 has just been up insane upside down and i don't i feel like i'm standing on quicksand not just because of her but just everything And so it's like, could we and I'm a planner. Like I, you know, I look at my calendar and I know okay, I've got these recording calls to do, and so I'm gonna do the editing here and the social media there and ride the bike here. And I Tetris everything together into a nice, neat, you know, effective life. And then this year is just (laughs) upended all that.
1: Almost as if you really were in control.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I don't like that. (laughs) So how does uh, somebody like me go about getting one of these Beacon 40s? Um,
1: we have a, uh, our company is called Homeolux, H-O-M-E-O-L-U-X. You can go to homeolux.com. You can go to amazon.com, or products available on Amazon. Uh, and we've tried to make it as usable and as user-friendly as possible. And I'm, I'm, i to get the 40-hertz light.
0: And you think we should all be using it just because it's beneficial and like a as, vitamin, you said.
1: As I said, I have it on my desk right now.
0: Have you noticed any changes in yourself since you started using it?
1: Uh, well, it, it it's hard to say because I'm so close to this. But I'd say yes. Uh, uh, I think my, my mood might be a little more uh, consistent. Uh, I haven't had any sleeping problems lately. Uh, so uh, I, I believe it's, uh, it, can't, it can't be hurting, and I suspect it's doing what it should be. The, uh, the current theory about 40 Hertz light is that it, it maintains or it wakes up the microglial cells in the brain to clean up the brain. Uh, and I, I don't know if that finally will be what, what's so good about 40 Hertz light, but that's, that's sort of the current theory.
0: Interesting. And how long have you been using it? How long have you uh, been using on Lynn?
1: Uh almost three years.
0: And so her neurologist has noticed no change or very little change or improvement?
1: Uh he he had he noticed very slow decline starting a couple of years ago and and virtually no decline uh, in the last year. Uh, that community is 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 very reluctant to talk about. Uh, people getting better. Um, and I can't say that uh, Lynn is any worse. Uh, I am. I will say that occasionally she says something directly to me that makes me believe she knows who I am and is communicating with me. That's rare, but it happens and it didn't used to. So uh, interesting. as I said, I credit the gamma light.
0: Well, there's always something to be said for positive thinking, too, but of she's probably she's probably not doing that because she doesn't know that she needs to think positively about this light that's flashing at her. so if you're seeing and the doctor is seeing either very little change or improvement, I've heard about the the light um, mm-hmm. being like a treatment or a help
1: well the the whole Area of uh, what's called uh, photobiomodulation is really quite broad, and is is a well-known part of, uh, of behavior and, and physiology. The, mo- the most well-known part is seasonal affective disorder, uh, in which uh, there one can buy lights that provide full-spectrum illumination, which is things which is something one doesn't get all season, and uh, that's been demonstrated here and there to. Uh, have a dramatic impact on, on various people.
0: Yeah. My daughter gets that, it's sad, the seasonal affective disorder occasionally. She also has Crohn's disease. So she has a challenge maintaining her vitamin D level. Ah, So yeah. And she's not, Super active or, you know, she's not an outdoorsy type person. She's a video game, de- you know, designer. That's not what she does for a living, thanks to the crones. But that's her passion. So she's, you know, she's in in the office with the, on the computer. She's in the, she does stuff at courthouses. So she doesn't get a, she only gets natural light, <laughs> I think, when she goes to the garbage can. <laughs> so definitely, she, she has a skylight in her kitchen and she makes sure to sit under that in the winter months, and eat breakfast because then she gets more of the natural light, and it does. She does notice that it helps, but I might have to get one of these for her and see how. Well, it...
1: Uh, they there uh, this this fairly well known treatment for for seasonal affective disorder, uh, buying full spectrum light, which is available. This is this isn't the 40 hertz light that we're talking about, uh, but it's it's full spectrum which. Will help people who have seasonal affective disorder.
0: That's really interesting. So, how long did it take for you to see, like, results? That might be the wrong word, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: what what's typical, and again, I hear I hear this from our users, is uh, about six weeks or two or two months.
0: That's not long before
1: people start noticing a change and again it's it's not a dramatic thing but they will say things like I'm sleeping better or um, you know my, my mom's her, her mood is better uh, and I you know I'll, I'll take that as an encouraging sign. and again I, I got into this because it, it, it offered hope. And, and you know, one, one day we'll have all the answers to all these things, but we don't have them now. And I have the problem now.
0: Yes. There are a lot of people
1: in my position who need something now and here's something that, that that's hopeful.
0: Definitely. So before we wrap up, I had a question and then you said, Oh, fudge. I hate it when my, <laughs> it's like, I had a professor in college who'd be lecturing, 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 and all of a sudden he'd go, Oh shoot, that brain cell died. <laughs> that's just what happened to me.
1: <laughs> well, maybe um, you can find that brain cell.
0: Yeah, it usually comes back, but it's not going to come back anytime soon. No, oh, I'll, the sleep hear if
1: it shows up.
0: Yeah, it's the sleep. The sleep is extremely important for brain health. So even if it only yeah. helps your sleeping, I think that's, that's a that's a positive.
1: That's a very good point. We we are learning every day how important sleep is and particularly those of us who live with those who are cognitively challenged. Sleep is, is essential.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times people with Alzheimer's don't sleep well, and so their care mm-hmm. partner doesn't sleep well, and that's just a cascading kind of nightmare.
1: Cascading is a good term. That's exactly right.
0: My old dog is panting and groaning. <laughs> like, I don't know if you can hear him, but. <laughs> That,
1: that wasn't the brain cell, it was the dog.
0: Yeah, the dog was part of the brain cell trying to skitter away from me. Well, I will make sure that your website is a hot link in the show notes where people can just,
1: Thank you, know, you it's so right much. there in
0: your podcast player. You can click on it. Check out the Beacon 40 from Homeo Lux. And thanks for telling me your story today. And greatly and-
1: appreciate your interest. There's nothing would please me more than to be able to help a lot of people who are in situations just like mine.
0: Well, that's, that's why I'm here and that's why you're here. Well, until your Beacon 40 arrives, why don't you take a walk outside, get some beautiful sunlight, not too much, no sunburns. Take me with you in your ears, catch up on a past episode or two. Make sure you're following me on all of my social media channels. You wouldn't want to miss any cute dog photos. I'm sure you heard the Heavy breathing from the oldest guy in the episode today. Also, make sure to check out our brand new website. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday.